Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm Ross Chevalier. I've been asked a fair bit recently about the topic of noise gates. A lot of the amp profilers, amp and pedal simulators, DSP-driven pedal changes, and DSP-based amps that we've been talking about recently have noise gates by default in their effects chain. And while some don't appear to worry about them, I just want to know, what are they for? When do I use them? It's a great topic for discussion. So we're going to do that. While none of our kit is particularly audiophile quality or ready, we all understand that when you turn an amp up to make it louder, you're pushing more signal to the speakers. We also have figured out that this also means more background noise in the form of hiss, hum, and other nouns that you might choose. This is referred to commonly as the signal to noise ratio. You and I want the most signal that we can get with the least amount of noise added. Some amps stay clean no matter what the volume and as a consequence have very low noise levels. For argument's sake, let's use the Fender Twin Reverb as an example. Other amplifiers enter into natural overdrive as the amp is turned up, and this creates a louder noise level. We could use the classic Marshall amplifier to fit into this area. Then we can move to the really high gain amps designed to deliver that really high gain push and distortion and, and all that wonderfulness like a Bogner or a 5150. We're very accustomed to hearing noise in the background from them all the time. When we hear noise and you're not playing, we call this the noise floor. When you're playing, your signal overrides the noise and it becomes less evident. The noise floor, however, is very evident. It's the noise that's always going to be there when you're not playing anything. This noise floor can be exacerbated by the type and design of the guitar pickup and even how the guitar is grounded internally. Classic Fender single coils have a sweet, sweet tone when they're played, but they're very noisy when they're idle. Fender and other makers try to address this by putting a second coil with an opposing magnetic field underneath the primary coil. These are referred to by myriad names, Fender for example, favoring the name Noiseless. It's marketing of course, and what we're really talking about is just another way of building a humbucking pickup. The issue that many players have with noiseless single coils is a very prominent perception that they don't sound the same as regular single coils, lacking the snap, the brightness, and other descriptors that go to describe the flattening of the high end. These players are absolutely right, because that is the price that you pay for noise reduction in a humbucking style pickup. Another popular single coil, the P90 design, uses a thinner but wider bobbin in its traditional design, but as I said, it's still a single coil. There are noise-canceling P90s, 
But again, they tend to kill off the snap and sparkle that a regular P90 pickup delivers. Gotta say, not a fan. Then, we add to the problem by using pedals that amplify the incoming signal. Overdrives, distortions, fuzzes all raise the noise floor, getting worse as you increase the amount of drive, distortion, fuzz, or whatever euphemistic name is on the case. This gets even worse, even in the case of humbuckers, if they're very hotly wound. And you'll see that. You might find a pickup called the Super Distortion. It's going to be a hot wind, tending to push the preamp into overdrive, and that means it's going to have a higher noise floor. Now, let's take a simpler scenario. We've got a beautiful Stratocaster with regular single-coil pickups that just sound glorious. But we plug them into a boost, and then a distortion pedal, and then into our Marshall tube head. And now that noise floor is an assault on all around. You take your hands off that Strat's metal parts, because you were providing an additional ground, and that noise howl gets really, really bad. That's not the fault of the Stratocaster, that's just the way things are. Certainly, any decent vendor is always working to try to reduce the noise floor of their products. But noise increases with signal, and it increases even more aggressively if that signal is soft-clipped or hard-clipped. Boosts, overdrives, distortions, and fuzzes. And the reality is that no live player wants this. Keeping an audience enchanted is already enough work amid the distractions of cell phones, drinking, yelling, fights, and all the rest of what happens at a gig. A high noise floor is anathema to the player because it assaults the audience. Enter the noise gate pedal. A simple noise gate pedal goes in your pedal chain and they have only one knob. That's what you're looking for. You set your guitar, your amp, and your effects where you want them to be. Now don't play. Then turn the knob on the noise gate just until the noise goes away, but don't turn it any further. All you want to do is just enough gating to cut the noise. Now when you play, it sounds great, but when you stop playing, there's silence. Now sometimes you will have to allow for a bit of noise, particularly if you're using a volume control or volume pedal for swells, or if you play songs with passages with vastly diverse volume levels. The noise gate doesn't actually know what is noise and what is not noise. It's only concerned with the signal level below which you cut the output. So you're going to have to do some experimenting for your gear and how you play to find the success that you want with a noise gate. Some players place the noise gate right after pedals that can't tolerate anything in front of them, such as a fuzz pedal. Some place them just before the signal enters the preamp section of the amplifier. Others, who are using amplifiers with an effects loop, also called the send return loop, will use a noise gate that can sit both in front of the preamp and between the preamp and the power amp. 
If your amp of choice has an effects loop, well, this kind of pedal is optimal. There are plenty of noise gates available in the market, from the simple to the way too confusing. My job here is to help you choose a pedal that's as simple as possible, but no simpler. And to be blunt, I've made some bad purchase decisions in this space, and I want to save you that pain. So I tend to recommend a product from one maker for all noise gate functions. If your amp is a traditional design, meaning it has no effects or send return loop, you want to get yourself the ISP Technologies Decimator 2, which sells for about 144 bucks US from Sweetwater or about $180 in Canadian money from Amazon Canada. If you are using an amplifier that has an effects loop and you want that powerful dual noise gating, because there are modulation effects that you will put in the effects loop that can get rather noisy, then the model to order is the Decimator 2 G-String. Now this is more expensive. It's going to cost you about $234 US from Sweetwater or about $347 from Amazon Canada. Now this is everything in one pedal. Some people actually choose to buy two noise gates, one for the effects loop and one for in front of the preamp. That's entirely up to you. Now this manufacturer, ISP Technologies, focuses solely on pro audio and pro guitar rack gear. These are the only pedals this company makes. They do make a mini pedal if space is a consideration. It acts like a regular decimator too, and it's called the Decimate. It can be really difficult to find the decimator family in guitar shops, and that's why I'm recommending online stores where you know you're gonna find them, and you got a pretty decent level of confidence that the price is gonna be fair. As I mentioned earlier, there are lots of alternatives. I will just say that I have owned and disowned others from some really well-known pedal brands because I found I was constantly fighting with them. Now, if you've got a query about a specific model, do feel free to send me a question through the mail link and I, you're gonna get an honest answer from me. But I'm not gonna slag anybody on the podcast just because I don't like their stuff. I hope that you found this episode valuable. Thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of new content. Please leave a comment or send in a question, because I read and respond to all. If you have not checked out the articles at thatguitarlover.com, now's a great time to have a look. There's material there that just doesn't fit a podcast. However, for the podcast at thatguitarlover.com, I'm Ross Chevalier, and I bid you peace.